You're listening to It's done. I finished the scripts. I finished the first episode this morning. What? That's great. Wait, don't you have school today? Well, yes, but here. I wanted to deliver it to you right away so you can read it this morning. And then when I stop by during lunch, you can give me your critiques. Then I'll work on it in Miss Color's class because I've already finished all my assignments for this week. So I can just use the typewriters for whatever I want as long as I'm still typing. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. Just get to school. I don't want you to be late on my account. All right, I'll see you at noon. All right, bye. Nancy. All right. Miss Pauline Lewis's Western Adventures. Hmm, I thought we were going with the other title. Good morning, Edna. Morning! You're a bit early. Your commercial spot isn't until 8.35. Am I? That's a relief. You know, it's the strangest thing. All the clocks at home are getting slow, at the same rate. The one upstairs, the one in the store, and my watch, they're all slowing down, but they're staying in time with each other. We didn't even notice until the sun supposedly set at 6.45 the other night. Did you adjust for wartime? Yes. Huh. That is strange. We can't explain it. A mechanical watch, an electric clock, and a mechanical clock from 20 years ago, all slowing down at the same rate, at the same time. The chances of that happening are just astronomical. I just had to take a guess at what time it was and rush over here to be sure I wouldn't miss my slot. Well, I'm glad you got here early because today's going to be slow. Or is running errands, so she won't be here until 9.30 or so, and we don't have any guests scheduled until tomorrow when Steve does his bit. So if you came late, it's not like it would mess up a big, important schedule, but it is nice to have someone to talk to. Say, did that list finally arrive? Not yet. I'm getting worried. The law's in effect now, but how can I follow it if I don't know what it is? I've called the post office twice, and I've gotten nowhere. There's nothing in the paper about the new law even existing, let alone any information about it. Then I called Village Hall yesterday, and they wouldn't talk to me! The secretary just told me that they mailed it on Monday and then tried to end the conversation as quickly as possible. How long does it take for a letter to travel four blocks? Exactly! Maybe with the draft, the mailmen have all been replaced with carrier pigeons that haven't learned the route or something. I don't know, there's no... I'm just so anxious. Well, think on the bright side. Steve's segment isn't until tomorrow afternoon. If worse comes to worst, you could just walk down to Village Hall today or tomorrow and see if you can pick up a copy there. I considered it, but Village Hall's only open from 9 to 5. I'd have to leave the station, and I don't want to make Aura walk down there in this cold. Aura can fill in for you while you're gone. She was the host for nine years, after all. Or I could go to Village Hall. Thank you, Mr. Davis, but I don't want to inconvenience you. It won't be an inconvenience. Village Hall's on the way home. I have a spot at 10 tomorrow, right? Right. So, I'll stop there on my way home, ask them to type everything you need to know, and I'll bring it over here tomorrow morning. It won't be any trouble. Well, thank you. That's very kind. Anytime. Hello, welcome to... Ugh. Um, 
May I help you? I hope so. I'm here on behalf of WHEN, the radio station. Miss Beecher says she still hasn't gotten that list of inappropriate radio topics in the mail, and since the law went into effect today, she's understandably concerned about running into trouble. I was just wondering if perhaps you had a copy of the list on hand that I could bring to her myself, since the original seems to have gotten lost in the mail. Hmm. Well, I can ask about it. I'd greatly appreciate it. <sighs> okay, just give me a minute. Good morning. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, but we're quite busy right now, so we're unable to make you a copy. Councilman Williams insisted he mailed the document himself. Have you tried asking at the post office? Yes. Hmm. Well, I'm sorry, but there's nothing else I can do. I guess just wait for it to come in the mail. If it got delivered to the wrong person, I'm sure they figured it out by now, and they'll bring it to the post office soon. Yeah. I guess. Well, thank you for trying anyway. Mm-hmm. That was Glenn Miller and his orchestra with A String of Pearls. Now, that trumpet solo was performed by Bobby Hackett. He used to play with the Vic Schoen Orchestra, which is the group you're going to hear right now backing the amazingly talented Andrews Sisters. This one's a personal favorite of mine, by Mere Beastie Shane. Okay, back to that draft. Alright, there's no way we can get a horse in here. I feel like I've carved away half the script already, and I'm only on page six. How much did she write? Thirty pages. Maybe it's for the best. A thirty-page script would probably translate to about an hour of radio, which would mean four hours of rehearsals, which would mean money that we don't have. Especially now that Weston's pulling half his advertising. Oh, I know I shouldn't be mad. Of course, if there's no new cars for however long this war lasts, then it makes sense that car dealerships across the country are going to be bracing themselves for hard times. Er, harder times. I still can't quite make up my mind as to whether the rationing is better or worse than the economy ten years ago. Oh, it's infinitely better. You weren't grocery shopping or paying bills ten years ago. You weren't starting a radio station ten years ago. Well, I was seven. I was old enough to remember gas prices going up, people at church asking for prayers because they'd lost their jobs. I guess in hindsight this is a lot better. I think sometimes I look at my childhood through rose-tinted glasses. Even if it was harder, everything was just simpler back then. I didn't care that the economy was a mess. I was just worried about getting good marks in spelling and arithmetic because I thought it would help me get into a nursing school someday. <laughs> you know, it's not too late. You've graduated high school. You could still apply this fall. You could even go into the army. It's no use. My father doesn't want me in the military, even if I don't fire a single bullet and I'm only there to heal people. My father doesn't want me healing people in the first place. He wants me to get married before I'm an old maid, which by his definition is about 19, and of course a married woman must stay in the house and cook and clean and have 84 children, and she must certainly not have a career. He's still, he just, 
Uh, he still thinks it's 1920 and any woman that doesn't settle down with a nice husband as soon as she turns 18 must be a floozy, constantly on the make, who's on the road to damnation. <sighs> Maybe he sees the past through rose-tinted glasses, too. <sighs> yeah, I'm sure the part where women couldn't vote was especially rose-tinted. I, I shouldn't have said that. That was disrespectful. No, you're right. Your father grew up in a different time. I grew up in an even more different time. I remember when those streets outside were all dirt and there wasn't an automobile in sight, and when it was exciting for Village Hall to have a real electric light bulb. <laughs> but I also remember reading in the papers that over a hundred women died in a burning sweatshop because their employers locked them in, and then they got away with it. I remember Irville and his wife trying for two years to get a marriage license. And I remember my own sister going to jail because she wanted to vote. Rose-tinted glasses might make everything look nice and pretty, but it clouds your vision. It's dangerous. I wish someone would tell him that. Here's a request from Johnny Mills, who called in this morning and asked us to dedicate this one to... Oh, the phone is ringing. I'll get it. This is WHEN, Rhapsody's home for the greatest hits of yesterday and today. How can I help you? Is this Aura? It's Irville. I was just calling to let you and Edna know that I went down to Village Hall after I left the station. Were you able to get the list? Unfortunately, no. Seems they're... busy. At least, that's what the lady at the front desk told me. Rhapsody Village Hall? Busy? What are they doing? Repaving the sidewalks again out of boredom? Did he get it? I don't know. No. It didn't look busy to me, oh. but everyone was holed up in their offices. Maybe they were doing paperwork. I still think it's a load of horse feathers. Nothing ever happens in this town, other than making the sidewalks wider to get rid of all the parking spaces last year. Making this censorship law is the only new thing they've done there since getting electric lights in 1903. Well, that's just it. The secretary? She didn't seem to like me too much. She seemed willing to help until she looked up and saw what I looked like. And by that you mean she was willing to help as long as you were white. Right. I guess I could be reading into it too much. It's just that when she saw me she seemed... surprised. Like she didn't think someone like me would have the audacity to walk into Village Hall and ask for something. I don't think you're reading into it too much. Remember what I was telling you the other day, about that kid who was riding his bike down the street and yelled at the Nguyen's? Calling them names, threatening them? Just awful. I remember. Well, that was the mayor's kid. He's only, what, six? He didn't come up with those words on his own. Where do you think he heard them from? All those schmucks at Village Hall are judgmental lowlives. That sounds a bit harsh, especially from you, Aura. You usually see the best in people. Not in bigots. Especially not in that village council guy who wrote that column in the paper a couple years ago, saying we should stay out of the war in Europe because Germany actually has some good ideas that we should apply over here. Ugh, I remember that. Wasn't that the guy whose dad was in the KKK? I wouldn't be surprised. His son's around your age, isn't he? He's a couple years older. What did Edna say? She said he's a couple years older. He hangs around Village Hall a lot. Makes me nervous to walk by, if I'm being honest. Something about him just puts me on edge. You know, I saw a guy like that this morning. Tall, 
probably a little over six feet. Well, Looked like he was in his Johnny, early twenties. I greeted him as he was leaving the building, That's and he just scoffed at me. I'll bet that was him. Blonde hair, kinda muscly but not much. Like he spends his spare time punching 12-year-olds to steal their lunches. That was quite specific, but actually very accurate now that I think about it. Yep, I'm sure it's that guy. Edna, what was his name? The guy who hangs around Village Hall looking like he wants to punch children? Frank. He's famous at school. He got expelled for getting in a fight while back. No one there even remembers it except the teachers, but everyone claims they have an older brother or sister who saw it happen. According to the rumors, that's why there's a spot of paint in the hallway that doesn't match with the rest of the wall. Supposedly, during that fight, he punched a hole in the wall, and they couldn't find any matching paint once they fixed it up. What was that? She said his name's Frank, and he's famous at the high school for getting in a fight and getting expelled. People say he punched a hole in the wall. Good gracious, I hope that's not what happened. It's just a rumor. There's also a rumor that the upstairs girl's bathroom is haunted by the ghost of a student who died because she tripped and fell face first on the radiator, and it supposedly burned her face off, so I really don't believe anything anyone says at school. Did she just say that someone at the school burned their face off? Another rumor, which Edna doesn't believe because it's impossible. That means that the wall-punching bit could be made up, because I know if the Phantom of the Opera was haunting Rhapsody High, we'd have more solid proof than a rumor about a bathroom radiator. The Phantom of the Opera didn't burn its face off. In the movie, he did. I don't think so. I mean, it's been years since I've seen it, but I'm sure they said that he was just born like that, same as the book. You're thinking of the silent version. In the Claude Rains one, he gets burned with acid. Which, I guess, isn't the same as falling on a radiator, but it's close enough. When did Claude Rains There's make no the Claude Rains version of the Phantom of the Opera. Yes, there is. Jacob and I saw it. I think it was about the same time Gone with the Wind came out. I don't remember, I don't remember that. that. Well, we were visiting family in Pennsylvania at the time. Maybe it didn't come to the theaters around here. I guess. Maybe so. Well, I should go. Sorry about the list. Oh, don't apologize. It's not your fault Rhapsody's full of jerks. I'd offer to go down there and ask about it myself, but I don't think they'd treat an old Jewish lady any better than they treated you. And I'd go, but I have to be doing the station breaks. It's probably pointless anyway. From the way that lady talked to me on the phone the other day, they'll probably just treat me like a kid again. Imagine where this station would be if we were all adult, white, Christian men. My guess is wherever CBS is located at now. Oh, I could never live in New York. Too much traffic. <laughs> oh, I've got a customer. See you soon, Aura. See you soon. Really, all we need is one. Just one typical, white, blonde, all-American-looking young man to run errands for us. Hey, wait a minute. We do have one of those. I'm going to call Steve. Do you mind taking over for a bit? No problem. When in Rhapsody was created by Julie Watson. This episode was written by Julie Watson and edited by Hannah Myers. The audio was edited by Julie Watson. The WHEN jingle was written by Julie Watson, arranged by Amy Galson, and performed by Anthony Wayne High School's vocal jazz ensemble, Generally Jazz. The Roger Braddock theme was written by Bryce Absher and performed by Bryce Absher. The voice of Edna Beecher was Claire McNerney, the voice of Nancy Wynn was Viet Ha Wynn.
The voice of Ora Cohen was Min Kwong. The voice of Herbal Davis was Courtney Perdue. When in Rhapsody will update every other Saturday, but in the meantime, you can find us on Tumblr at When in Rhapsody or on Twitter at WHEMPod. And finally, thank you for listening. Take care, Rhapsody, and good night. <laughs>